at a blockbuster episode of the Teddy Roosevelt Show, episode 25, first show in 18 days, 19 days, maybe even 20 days. Episode 25, quick heads up, as I mentioned, I recorded this one outside. Uh, as I'm doing the post-production here, there is some ambient noise. I'm trying to adjust the settings. You still might notice the sounds of birds and the breeze in the background. Just want to let you know I figured out why most podcasts are recorded inside because the ambient noise is a little difficult to get rid of, but I've listened to it on headphones, listened to it on speakers. It sounds fine. It sounds great even, but not up to the high fidelity standards that Teddy usually brings you from episodes 1 to 24. So had to do this one outside, coming back down from the mountains into civilization and just wanted to be outside. It's a beautiful day. So wanted to let you know this episode is probably the only one that we're going to be recording outside. Hope you enjoy it. We got a ton of topics today. Get your popcorn ready. If you don't have any, hit pause now, fire up the popcorn, get ready. Episode 25. Here we go. Episode 25 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show coming at you Wednesday, August 24th, 5 p.m. Central Time. So much to get into. Um, from the Trump raid to the new vaccine to China's seeding clouds. Number one story right now is, as I'm getting on the air, is Joe Biden wants to forgive $10,000 for anyone making under $120,000 a year for their student loans. Folks, you'll recall January 2021, Joe Biden tried to buy votes. I thought buying votes was illegal. Um, But you'll remember during the all-important Georgia elections when John Ossoff and Raphael Warnack were running in the runoff elections, Joe Biden said, quote, if you send John and the Reverend to Washington... Those $2,000 checks will go out the door, restoring hope and decency and honor for so many people who are struggling right now. And if you send Republican Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler back to Washington, those checks will never get there. It's just that simple. The power is literally in your hands. So if that's not buying votes, saying, hey, everyone in Georgia, vote for these two Democrats and we'll send you a $2,000 check. If you don't vote for them, the checks aren't going out. And which was a lie. Uh, it was going to be a $600 check. Um, they, the, the Democrats pushed for 2000 which is causing the inflation right now. So student loan thing, same exact thing. I guarantee they've reverse engineered Every week, every 48 to 72 hours leading up to the November 8th midterms, some other hot-button issue, which they've done their polling, and they've asked people, hey, if Joe Biden gave you a $10,000 student loan forgiveness, would you vote for Democrats? Yes or no. So even if that's 3 or 4% per state... That's, that's one check, um, or that's one um, part of the electorate. The Roe versus Wade, the abortion. You now have people who are single-issue voters when it comes down to abortion. So the student loan forgiveness is, even, even the economist that CNN is interviewing says, 
this isn't really going to make a difference. All it's going to do, it's a wash. All it's going to do is cost taxpayers. I mean, we could do probably a eight-part episode on higher education and the idiotic move that Obama moved to federalize the student loan program. Um, it's just a disaster. The cost of higher education. But this is just... It's, it's just going to create more problems than it solves as far as the inflation thing. Well, it's just adding to the deficit. It's certainly, I think it said uh, it's going to be $300 billion. I mean, they're acting like billions of dollars aren't important. $300 billion is a huge amount to add to the deficit, and it's not going to add anything. It's going to forgive uh, people. If you have a Pell Grant, that's going to be forgiven $20,000. And Pell Grants... You, you get that Pell Grant money, that's a grant, not a loan. So as long as you stay in school and graduate, you get that for free. So the only re- way you, you're required to pay off a Pell Grant is if you drop out of school, you don't go full time, um, and those are for low-income borrowers. So they're going to get $20,000 forgiven. So... If you dropped out or you were only going part-time, you're probably not going to have to pay back anything, I would imagine. So it's just the gaslighting involved with the Inflation Reduction Act where it's going to add to the deficit. It's going to increase inflation. Um, It is just absolute clown world, folks, that he's literally buying votes. Um... The Trump raid, you know, I said I was going to come up to the Ozark Mountains and take a week off from following the news, and then my buddy had a 200-foot tall tree fall in his front yard, barely missed the house, barely missed my car, destroyed his brother's car. Not destroyed, but it smashed the windshield and the hood. And then, uh, so I helped him chainsaw that and burn the debris we, came, we left on Monday to come up here, and it was like, I go, I'm not going to follow the news for a week, and then three hours before we're ready to leave, the FBI raids, or the news hits that the FBI raids Mar-a-Lago. Again, I wish I had a Jamie, an intern, like Joe Rogan. Jamie, bring that up, because I said, I think when I was talking about the Alex, Alex Jones trial, is they want Trump everyone in his orbit and everyone who supports him to be in jail, to be dead, to be bankrupt, and even better, to send um, the fear that that's going to happen to you if you dare counteract the democratic narrative. And it is shocking, some of the stuff... uh, You know, Biden's denying he had any knowledge of the FBI raid beforehand. Yeah, right. It just came out that he did in May. Um, The fact that you have the National Archivist. I mean, what, they're militarizing the archive woman? Are you kidding me? I didn't even know this was an official thing. So what, they're just trying to rack their brain and see who they can get to attack Trump and anyone in his orbit. So you've got the attorney generals in New York and Georgia. Uh, in New York, they're trying to, you know, what they threw, uh, uh, Weiselberg, is that his name? Um, he's going to go to Rikers Island? Seriously? 
you have a better chance if you murdered somebody on the subway they let you out with like zero bail basically in New York but this guy's going to jail for just stuff that most people write off anyways it seems like if he would have just wrote off the tax stuff but they are trying to create this narrative every 48 to 72 hours that Trump is conspiring to do all this dastardly stuff. And if you saw Sam Harris, um, who got a little respect a couple years ago, but he's an atheist. And you just see these atheists don't have... They're, they're, they, they don't have a set like um, it's like religious beliefs or moral code so Sam Harris was literally saying I don't care if Hunter Biden has the corpses buried in his basement um, Trump University was way worse than anything on Hunter Biden's laptop are you kidding me? I mean that really just shows you the level of TDS totally Trump derangement syndrome where Joe Biden and Hunter Biden could literally get away with anything, with the Ukraine, with um, uh, porn. I mean, there's some sordid photos on there with people who look underage, and that was blurred out. I didn't, I didn't, I haven't seen it, but I have seen descriptions, and he's it's it, it it's just sordid. No matter what's on the laptop, Sam Harris says, just based on Trump University, which was, I think Trump had to pay $25 million. And keep in mind, there's a lot of scam schools that the federal government's just like, uh, you know, DeVry, ITT Tech. Um, I remember living in New York in the late 90s and seeing ads for Trump University. And so... Um, you know, who knows? There's business ventures that don't work out or maybe the partners didn't follow through or who knows. But there's a lot more scandalous things that the Biden, you know, the biggest crime family of the 21st century in America were up to. And that just shows you, like, how these people think. They fashion themselves as the resistance. Sam Harris says, hey, even if the big tech colluded, to, to, to ban the New York Post, to ban anyone from Twitter who had the audacity to send the link and just to keep everything silent because it could turn the election. Well, that was fair game because Trump. So it is just, folks, I needed to take a couple breaks uh, or a couple weeks off from from Clown World. So, um, uh, and, and I hope you can tell I feel totally rejuvenated. I swam for about two hours today roasted a chicken last night and then made some bomb chicken corn chowder with potatoes and just have been eating healthy and just the mountain air, the fresh mountain air and just swimming in a river has totally been uh, reinvigorating. So what else is going on? California <laughs> just said they're going to ban the sale of new gasoline cars by 2035. So 12 years. Keep in mind what there's about 340 million people in America, like 338 million, and about 40 million people in California. It's like one out of every nine Americans. It's something like that. Like one out of every eight or one out of every nine Americans are Californians, even though the exodus is real and happening. So 
that's a huge part of the automakers' plans. You know, if if over 10% of the population suddenly can't buy a gasoline car. Um, again, I've said it a million times. If the technology and the infrastructure and everything existed, who, and, 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 and the, it was actually feasible to do it, you could drive like a thousand miles on a charge, who wouldn't want it? to be in place and to happen right now. Put a, put a few solar panels on your home and you can generate clean, cheap electricity all year round. Who wouldn't want that? But just because you're making laws and putting in stipulations um, to accelerate this timeline when we're still a couple decades away from even developing the feasible technology, they don't have a plan or a solution in place to replace the most powerful as far as energy per unit joules j-o-u-l-e or maybe it's just j-o-u-l they don't have there, there's never been anything uh that, that that has been able to compare to our petroleum-based economy and how oil has made that all happen from pharmaceuticals to plastics to of course transportation and heating our homes And as I mentioned on several podcasts, you just see in Germany right now, where Russia, again, Gazprom is, oh, we got to do some more maintenance on this section. We're turning it down for three days, turning it off for three days. It was only running at 20% anyways. So everyone is buying firewood. You can't buy a fire burning or a wood burning fireplace in Germany till like 2024, spring of 2024. They're back ordered. So, gee, what do you think? And they did they just fired up the 11 coal plants because they don't have anything to replace the natural gas. So they had to fire up uh, the 11 coal plants. They're like pushing back the dates that they and their nuclear facilities. And um, people are going to be there they're, in order to save money because their gas bills and their electric bills, their heating bills. I mean, winter's coming up in 90 days, 100 days. It gets pretty cold up in, uh, you know, the Alps. Um, they they, they got to be prepared. So, gee, what do you think is going to be better for the air quality? Everyone burning wood? I mean, that's the whole thing. That's how a lot of people die early. That's how a lot of smog and everything happens from people burning wood. Uh, natural gas is certainly cleaner. And then... Wanting to transition to uh, this electric grid, people just don't realize. Remember, I sent that, I put a meme up on, I think it was the last Substack with a uh, person charging up their electric car, and in the background, there's the coal plants and, and everything. The electricity still has to come from somewhere. So, California banning all gasoline cars by 2035. I mean, first of all, how many people? can just afford a gas car. So starting in 2035, if you don't have $60,000, $75,000 available or, or can fit that in your budget, you don't have a car. And you know what? From a great reset globalist mindset, that's what they want. They want you in an electric-powered bus. They want you riding a bike. They want you walking. They want you on a pogo stick. Anything but in a gas-powered vehicle that gives you the freedom and flexibility to plan out your day and gives you mobility. 
they don't want you driving around and traveling and polluting up the atmosphere. Well, 2035, what, what's that going to do to the price of electricity? California is already notorious for their brownouts and their blackouts, and they're ready to decommission another nuclear plant in Diablo Canyon. What is that going to do to the price of electricity per megawatt? Um, you know, how much is it going to cost to charge your vehicle? People are acting like, oh, you just plug it in and it's free. No, you've got to pay to charge that bad boy. Um, what's the line going to be like if everyone has an electric car? Because it, it, it's not like filling up your gas tank. Like, you could pump gas, go in, grab yourself a coffee or a beverage, whatever you want to do, um, come back what is it, maybe five minutes, eight minutes, if you have a gas-guzzling truck, uh, maybe 10 minutes max. Well, with a ve uh, electric vehicle, it's 30 minutes with like a Tesla supercharger. So if it's not a supercharger, I've broke down the math before. You know, you can't plug that in if you live in an apartment complex or a condo. You're on the 20, 20th story of a condo. Are you going to run the electrical cord down? How many parking spots are they going to have um, with the electric vehicles? Like, it's just, the technology's just not there. It is just not feasible. The logistics are going to be a nightmare. So what they're going to have to do is tax credits for people who are low income or whatever. Oh, anyone making under, you know, $48,000 a year, a household, you get a $10,000 tax credit on a electric powered vehicle if you live in California or and then what's that going to do to inflation and the price of the vehicles and on and on and on and you just see they are creating more problems um, and that they're, they're going to have to throw more, more money at so I just don't see it getting better unless we vote them out and the red wave, like, now the media narrative is, oh, look, Biden has all these wins. Um, I just saw coming on, they're like, oh, FDC panel or House panel says Trump administration pushed hydroxychloroquine and uh, they pushed the vaccine timeline too early. Oh, so it was Trump? Uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna blame the vaccine or any anything like that on on Trump's administration when ever wanted to rush it. And oh by the way, they didn't announce that the vaccines were available until four days after the election. So they didn't. And, and you know Pfizer, Moderna, all them. If they knew it was available and it was two weeks before the election, you could have had bam bam the way everyone was rooting for the vaccine. Hunter Biden laptop vaccine comes out. Oh my God, Trump did it, Operation Warp Speed. Would that be enough to push 4 or 5%? In a couple states, it could. Hunter Biden's laptop, sure. And, uh, and the vaccine for people. So now, even though they didn't attribute it to him um, until four days after everyone made their decision, now it's his fault. So, folks, this new vaccine... <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the, uh, they're calling it a bivalent vaccine, right? So it's got the original Delta variant, which is gone. The B1 variant or whatever, th that thing is gone. No one, it's not circulating in the environment. 
And oh, by the way, the CDC, how about no one's talking about this? They estimate the American population has 95% immunity towards coronavirus or Omicron. Everyone got, you know, whether or not they got sick or not. So 95% of the people already have natural immunity. They didn't remember the FDA. There was a couple people who just like said no and then they retired and resigned out of outrage that uh, they just said, hey, from now on, we don't have to test these on humans before they're introduced to the public. I mean, if this doesn't cause tremendous outrage, so they're just saying, I forget it was Moderna or the FDA or they have somebody else new in charge of the, uh, uh, the coronavirus task force. And they're like, I'm very, very confident that this is going to work. Meanwhile, it was just breaking news. A huge uh, study out of Israel. They gave Paxlovid. You remember Biden's taking it. Fauci's taking it. That's how Teddy got kicked off. Twitter, by the way, you're listening to episode XXV, episode 25, Blockbuster. First episode in 20 days, episode 25, Teddy Roosevelt back again. You can follow me at teddybroosevelt.substack.com. I don't know if it's called following, but you can certainly bookmark it and go there. And you can stream this podcast, of course, on Substack, teddybroosevelt.substack.com. Or just do a search for The Teddy Roosevelt Show on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn Radio. Available on fine streaming services everywhere. So I appreciate everyone's patience. Um, uh, taking a break from the show, but I feel totally rejuvenated. So Spike Vax, this bivalent thing. I've got the, uh, the, the patient warning uh, list. This is from the UK. So I, I think this is a little bit different, but it just still says, you know, myocarditis, pericarditis, increased risk of myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle after vaccination with spike vax. Capillary leak syndrome flare-ups. Flare-ups. Hey, a few cases of capillary leak syndrome flare-ups causing fluid leakage from small blood vessel capillaries, resulting in rapid swelling of the arms and legs, sudden weight gain, and feeling faint have been reported following vaccination with spike vax. It's capillary leak syndrome. Oh, there's more. There's way more. Um, the possible side effects, and it's hilarious. They, okay, very common is one out of 10. So swelling of the underarm, headaches, nausea, vomiting, muscle aches, joint aches, pain and swelling at the injection site, redness at the injection site, feeling tired, chills, and fevers. You got a 10% chance of those. Common... And it says that's one in 10 people as well. Diarrhea, rash, rash, or hives. Uh, some of the hives will occur 9 to 11 days after the injection. So one in 100 people, dizziness, itchiness at the injection site, and stomach pain. Now check this out. Here's where it starts get, getting interesting. They call this rare. One out of 1,000 people. Temporary one-sided facial drooping, parentheses, Bell's palsy. Gee, remember that? Justin Bieber... Half his face went paralyzed and he had to cancel his concert. So it's saying one out of a thousand people who get this vaccine, temporary one-sided facial drooping. Bell's palsy. Second bullet point. Swelling of the face. Especially if you had facial cosmetic injections. Ladies, if you had Botox or lip fillers or anything like that, 
if you get your fourth or fifth shot of the bivalent thing, get ready for your lips or cheeks to, uh, to swell up. That would sort of be a, uh, unintended, uh, side effect when you originally intended to have that cosmetic surgery, uh, decreased sense of touch or sensation, unusual feeling in the skin, such as a tingling or a crawling feeling. So that's a one in a thousand chance. And then very rare, it says one out of 10,000 people is myocarditis, pericarditis. And there's a number of other effects here. So just imagine Ohio State, Ohio State University, and think there's a ton of schools out there, colleges, that are requiring you this semester to be up to date on the vaccinations, which is three or four. Um, So just imagine at Ohio State, they give it, they have 50,000 students. I think it's the biggest university in America. 50,000 students. I'm just using that for the simplicity of the math. So... 50 students will have the Justin Bieber temporary one-sided facial drooping out of, you know, Bell's palsy, and five students will have myocarditis or pericarditis, not to mention the people who will have, you know, so what, you're going to have 5,000 students who have, you know, the, the headaches, the swelling, hives, you name it, plus the capillary, capillary leak syndrome. I mean, for 18 to 22-year-olds... It's absolutely ridiculous. And I I went off on a tangent with the Israel study, but with Paxlovid, 100,000 people they gave it to, if you were under the age of 65, it made zero difference. Whether they gave you a placebo or Paxlovid, as far as keeping you out of the hospital, anything like that. Once you got over 65 years old, it seemed like it had, had an effect. But anyone under 65... You're taking an HIV protease inhibitor, half of it, remesvir. You're taking half of it. I totally butchered the pronunciation of that. And um, it's having no effect. So you're damaging your, you're you're messing with your immune system in a major way when you have like 0.0% of dying. Did any healthy college student or high school student ever die of COVID? No. We would have heard if a 20-year-old healthy student died of COVID. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous some of these things that they're saying about about our health. Um, I've seen, uh, uh, okay, with, with this vaccine, so the guy's name, Dr. Ashish Jha, J-H-A. They're trying to push to get these vaccines available next month. It's Wednesday, August 24th. They want these available by mid September, early October. Um, you know, this guy's saying BA5 is incredibly immune evasive and contagious, so there's going to be breakthrough cases among vaccinated people and reinfection in those who had the virus just months prior. As I was coming on, Jill Biden tested positive again. After Joe Biden tested positive again, I mean, and Fauci tested positive again, I mean, and they're taking the vaccine and Paxlovid. I still have questions whether they even got the real shot or a saline shot. But it's hilarious. It's it's not hilarious. It's it's clown world that there's still companies, there's still colleges and and people that insist. I mean, think about it. You if you're if you're not vaccinated, do you know you still if you're an unvaccinated Canadian and you're in Montreal and your girlfriend's in Buffalo, 
or New York City, you're not allowed to go across the border right now. So unvaccinated Canadians are still not allowed to go across the border. Your best way to get to your girlfriend in Buffalo would be to fly to Tijuana, cross the Rio Grande River. No one cares if you're vaccinated or not. You're just coming across as an asylum seeker. Probably get a free debit card. You get you get some free uh, benefits, and you can roam free, baby. So how clown world is that? If anyone in the world wants to get to the United States right now, they have to show proof of vaccination. How about this? The new bivalent vaccine, which they're saying, oh yeah, it's got a little Delta and Omicron, so it's going to be double as effective this time, even though it's incredibly immune-evasive and uh, there's going to be breakthrough cases and blah, 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 blah. They're saying, let's just say you're one of the 0.0003% of the people who goes, you know what? I decided I'm, I'm, I'm finally going to make the decision and get the vaccine. I'm going to get this new one because it's got double the protection, Delta and Omicron. Guess what? They're saying you have to take the first three shots. No, no, you know, you're not allowed to just step right up and take this one that's supposed to be super effective, even though they haven't tested it on any humans or animals. They're saying you have to get the first three shots and then you can get this shot. I mean, how crazy is that when 95% of the people in America have natural immunity or some sort of immunity? CDC says, and oh, by the way, the CDC said... Hey, treat the vaccinated and the unvaccinated the same. You know, as far as or as far as that goes, there's no restrictions. Don't worry about social distancing. No more masks. Each individual person can choose. And now you have people like Lena Wen. You know, the the skin crawling woman who used to be the head of Planned Parenthood who pops on CNN or you see her videos with that just voice that grinds you and makes your skin crawl. And she's like, oh, of course, you know, each person now, I'm, uh, uh, you know, she's saying her kids are getting back to pre-pandemic activities. Now, you know, she doesn't have her kids wear masks to school because she realizes that avoiding COVID shouldn't be the only indicator of someone's uh, overall health picture. There's other things mentally and physically that are that are at stake. No kidding. No kidding. No kids, healthy kids, unless they're obese, had leukemia, bone cancer, multiple comorbidities. Um, there was no healthy kids dying. So now she says after 26 months and 28 months and the great, you know, the Barrington Declaration um, and all kinds of, uh, you know, most, most of the medical community didn't say anything. But there have been a couple brave doctors, Jay, I'm going to butcher his last name, Baratacha, the doctor from Stanford, wrote a couple key editorials in the Wall Street Journal. Of course, Dr. Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, they were warning about the psychological impact being worse than COVID. And it's totally true. The catch-22 of this whole thing is that the very same people who could be calling out the bureaucracy, you know, Fauci, of course, said he's going to retire by December so he can get out of there before hopefully the new wave of Republicans comes in there and puts him on the stand and asks him to do 
ask them to justify what they've done from the gain of function research to pushing these vaccines when it looks like by all accounts they knew there were some serious problems. Pfizer and Moderna. Again, I mentioned dailyclout.io several times on this show. Uh, Naomi Wolf, one of the brave heroes of this thing. They were, the CDC and the Biden administration were colluding with Alex Berenson, the media. That's the whole thing. Alex Berenson's posted stuff from, there's a clown uh, hack, Oliver Darcy, I want to say his name is, maybe CNN or BuzzFeed or something like that, and uh, another woman. So reporters narking on each other. They're contacting Twitter and saying, Hey, I don't know about Alex Berenson. It seems like he's spreading uh, some false information about the vaccine. And so these same people who are pushing for the lockdowns, pushing for the vaccine, government, media, and big tech. Do you really think they're going to admit that they were wrong this whole time? And that some of the recommendations could have negative ramifications on millions and millions of people? I mean, there's a doctor, Dr. Pierre Corey, who is writing a book. It's going to be on Amazon, I think this fall, uh, right around October, Um, uh, uh, The War on Ivermectin. That is the title of it. And I got a couple strikes from Twitter for having the audacity to mention Ivermectin, which has been used over a billion times. The fact that Aaron Rodgers... Joe Rogan, Dana White, these people took this protocol and they all had tremendous success. The fact that it's been used for everything from river blindness to it's on the World Health Organization's list of like miracle medicines along with penicillin and aspirin is ivermectin. The fact that it was horse paste, you couldn't even suggest that it was uh, suitable for human consumption. And as Dr. Peter McCullough said, he thinks 85% of COVID deaths could have been prevented. 85% with a combination of Paxlovid and hydroxychloroquine. So what was just coming up um, is is what the House Committee, I'll, I'll find it real quick. They're saying that uh, Dr. Oz, the Pennsylvania Senate candidate, was actually colluding with the Trump administration uh, let me let me bring it up real quick and saying, hey, OK, so Politico, the Trump administration pressured the FDA to authorize unproven treatments for COVID-19 and the first COVID-19 vaccines on an accelerated timeline, including according to a House report leaked today. So, gee, the Trump White House exerting pressure on the FDA for COVID-19 emergency youth author- authorizations Shouldn't everything be on the table? And if there's certain doctors who say this is healthy, it was still a brand new coronavirus. The vaccines certainly weren't proven. Paxlovid, it just came out. They've been recommending, oh, everyone take Paxlovid. Seems like everyone who takes Paxlovid gets COVID again in a week or two, just like Jill Biden, Joe Biden, Fauci. And that didn't seem like the case with ivermectin. So Again, the Israel study said if you're under 65, it didn't make a difference. You could just take a sugar tablet. You could take a sweet tart or Paxlovid. Five days later, it didn't make a difference if you took a sweet tart or Paxlovid. So 
it, the, the health advice that you see in the media today, and I, I've had this one bookmarked for a couple weeks. This is on CNBC. Do Americans have a vitamin D problem? Here's what experts say. You have to be really careful. And they have a doctor that says there's no large-scale good studies on vitamin D without any conflicts of interest. Are you kidding me? Like, there's no conflict of interest with Pfizer and all these vaccine companies buying, like, hundreds of millions of dollars of ads, sponsoring Anderson Cooper and 60 Minutes and all this. Oh, there's no conflict of interest there. That Big Pharma buys 75% of the advertising um, on big tech and um, in on, on TV stations. But vitamin D... Um, you know, that, 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 you know, they have a doctor here from Johns Hopkins, Dr. Kendall Mosley, who says, you really don't need to screen people for vitamin D deficiency who are low risk or asymptomatic. Um, one of the reasons there's been an increased prevalence in vitamin D deficiency over the last five to 10 years isn't because we're becoming vitamin D deficient. We're just looking more for it now. So they're saying that... That, that, that you shouldn't, it's actually irresponsible to take it, they go, they go, eventually it puts you at risk of making your bones quite fragile, it can go for years, but unless you're like breaking bones, um, you, you probably don't have to worry about it. So their, their example, their whole thing was, how could vitamin D be deadly? They said there was a British guy who took 150,000 IUs of vitamin D per day. I mean, <laughs> most of the vitamin D pills on Amazon are like 1,000 or 3,000. So this guy was taking 50 vitamin D pills per day. Or, you know, 30 or 50. So he would do a bottle every three days. I don't care what the vitamin is. That's their justification for, oh, too much vitamin D is negative, is this guy was downing a bottle, two bottles of vitamin D supplements every week. I mean, I don't care if it's vitamin C, A, B, G, whatever it is. You don't take like, you know, 30 to 50 times the recommended amount. So if you just do a search on the NIH National Institute of Health PubMed website, for vitamin D deficiency or vitamin D, you'll see it, it, there's, there's scientists and health experts out there who would argue that vitamin D deficiency is the number one thing you want to avoid out of all, maybe after C or B12. But the last thing you want to do is not be, is be deficient in vitamin D. I mean, rickets, depression, you know, and they're saying, oh, yeah, you don't have to worry about it unless you start having symptoms. Bull. I mean, you know who has a ton of vitamin C defici D deficiency? Women in the Middle East. Because they're wearing burqas. Their, their face is covered up. So they don't get any vitamin D on their skin. And that's the thing is it's diet and in, the, in, in your skin. Like, if you just take, if you expose 60% of your skin to sunlight for 15 or 20 minutes in a day, you get supercharged with vitamin D. Um, if you're in Oregon and you haven't seen the sun, you know, from, I, I lived in Oregon for a little, for 90 or 100 days, you start going cuckoo. And 
you start getting depressed and you and you wonder like is that related to um, all the drug and alcohol problems up there absolutely it is because it's depressing not to see the sun for a hundred days it's not healthy so for this person to just say oh it's they're saying literally on CNBC it's irresponsible um, you know to, to, to even pay attention to it and the only reason we're saying there's a vitamin D deficiency right now is because we've been testing for it more oh no do you think it could be um, everyone's working from home and the screen time and people are playing too much video games and they're streaming too much content and they're not spending enough time in nature unless it's for like an Instagram opportunity at the national park I mean there is a definite vitamin D deficiency problem I mean 44% of Americans are considered obese right now it's over 40% and do you think those 40% of people are getting a ton of vitamin D? Or is the reason why they're obese is because they're living a sedentary lifestyle? So just the misinformation, and that, that's why I've really had to evaluate. Um, I've just, I just can't take it as serious, and I know what's going to happen. And I'm just going to try and bring a more lighthearted perspective to it. Um, it's been, what, 20 days since I left Austin, 19 days since I left Austin, and since I was in Austin, it's just been clown world. Three people have been killed on 6th Street, right near the arch where Urban Alchemy has taken over. Two people got shot to death. One person got stabbed to death. And then this morning, someone's jogging along the uh, hike bike trail along the lake, Auditorium Shores. They have free concerts there during South by Southwest. It's a huge dog park, one of the coolest ones in America. Me and my dog have been there. When Bless his soul, Jasper. We've probably been there three dozen times, running around. They find a dead body there at six in the morning. This morning, looks like they took a homeless person in. He bludgeoned somebody to death. So when I first got to Austin in 2001 and then moved there in 2008, there is no way I would have believed within an 18-day period or 20-day period that three people would have been killed on 6th Street and then a dead body was found at the hike bike trail. You know what my reaction would have been? There's a serial killer on the loose. There's a serial killer on the loose and you know, it's like the Jack the Ripper of Austin, but no, it's just um that's just a normal uh uh, uh thing. So that sort of delves into what I wanted to talk about um episode 25 of the Teddy Roosevelt show here Riverside Outdoor. Hopefully the sound quality is all right. Um one thing I have to mention it's almost the 1 month anniversary since the two-part geoengineering episodes I did with um, American Hero, Patriot, and Legend Blue Canaries. And of course, during the hiatus, China announced, hey, they have a drought. They've got the rice harvest coming up. They need some rain, and therefore they're going to seed the clouds to make it rain. And uh, as we talked about during these episodes, you don't just shoot the sodium iodide into these clouds um, to create rain and then the particles just vanish and disappear. These particles stay up in the atmosphere for years, like almost a decade. It's like it's it's it, it's it's many years. And China has a massive cloud seeding operation right now. We have no idea. You know, scientists, they think we, the, the way the climate works is a complex 
Um, there's so many factors from wind to snow to mountains to precipitation and the ocean temperatures that uh, it's almost impossible for us to analyze the ramifications, especially when geoengineering, there's no set body, there's no studies that show, oh yeah, we found actually there's nanoparticles of the sodium iodide uh, reflecting the sun back into the atmosphere, and that's what's caused the drought. Who knows? I mean, people on the Tibetan uh, plains in the peninsula, they're freaking out that if China shoots the geoengineering stuff into the clouds, which they already said they're going to do, well, the clouds are going to shoot their rain out and drench the, the the Chinese crops. And then by the time the clouds drift over to the other neighboring countries in India and Tibet, they're not going to have any rain left. So the geoengineering, I mean, the earth is a fragile um, ecosystem and the fact that there's no outcry, there's no alarm. And you have to ask, like, if China's been geoengineering for at least a decade because they've been doing it for the Olympics and military parades to stop it raining, how many of those particles are floating around in the atmosphere and, uh, and, and, and impacting the rain here or halfway around the world? Because um, there's no guarantee they're just levitating and hovering over the one country. So... The fact that no one's talking about that or just everyone acts like, oh yeah, China, we get it. It's been dry. Well, maybe doing that hundreds or thousands of times over the last 10 years has caused other um, weather ramifications. So it looks like the heat wave is finally over. There's a ton of rain everywhere. Um, you know, I said I was going to do, uh, this is Teddy Roosevelt episode 25. I said I was going to save my Austin commentary for the end. So anyone who just wants to national, international stuff, I'm giving you a little break, but it has been um, 18 days. And I had to talk about uh, one thing. It does delve into something on a national scale, and it's the American dream and how these rich politicians are just making it real difficult for the average American just to... Um, survive, much less get ahead. So Mayor Adler, everyone knows, worst mayor in the history of Texas, mayor of Austin, his reign of error, worst mayor in Texas history, comes to an end in six months, in January 2023. So big story in Austin was, it should have been a big story. None of the media is covering it. The mayor of Austin accepted a position while he's still active as mayor with the most predatory, shady, sketchy um, housing company in the history of America. Literally, they reverse engineered their business model. It's called Picasso. Picasso. P-A-C-A-S-O. The furthest thing from the painter Picasso ever. And... Basically, they sell fractional home ownership in second homes. So you buy, like, they have eight shares. So you can buy one-eighth of a share of, like, a million-dollar home or $4 million home, let's just say. So eight people, they each pay four or 500000 bucks, and they're allowed to stay, stay in it for 45 days a year. So one of the ways they get around the Airbnb timeshare thing is you can gift 
the 45 days. So yeah, I'm sure there's no side payments or anything like, like that. So the way they, they, they just avoid all these loopholes and, uh, it's hilarious. They got the mayor of Austin, the mayor of Denver, the mayor of Columbia, South Carolina, John Podesta's daughter, Alexis Podesta, and a woman who is like head of the California housing board. Um, and they're trying to say that this is a benefit for low to middle class earners because what they're doing actually by combining eight people to buy one ha- a second home is they're taking a lot of the inventory that they'll be able to clear it out and they're going to make more low and medium priced homes available for everyone. It is a total <laughs> gaslight thing. So uh, one of the things, you know, if you sell a house in between, what is it, two and five years and you get to avoid the capital gains tax. So the house gets reappraised after it gets sold and then the new person pays the property taxes based off that. So they form an LLC. Here's the interesting thing. They form an LLC for each house and as long as half of the house doesn't get sold or is, you know, if, if only three of the eight people flip their house and you could sell your share every year. So the real estate is not assessed when the one-eighth of a fraction share is sold. Only if over 50%. So that, that keeps the property taxes at the original purchase point. The owner of the house is the LLC. So the owners, the eight fractional share owners, don't have their names on the property. But if the LLC gets sued, the owners pay for the lawsuit. So it's sort of like a timeshare, but they say, no, 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 it's not a timeshare. But you get 44 days, 45 days in there among the the eight people. Um, They say you can't rent it, but you can gift it out. And none of the media in Austin are covering the fact that Adler, they just passed this, you know, $350 million affordable housing thing. Well, he's joining the most predatory, um, they're basically turning the housing market into a stock. So each individual house now is an asset, an LLC that you can buy, sell, and flip. And it's like Robin Hood for houses. Hey, you can own, oh, you can't afford a $4 million house. Well, how about 600,000? You split it with eight people. You can stay there for six weeks. They have the 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 way it's uh, uh, you you can reserve it, and they have all these little stipulations. But there is a huge backlash. Palm Springs, California, banned Picasso. Sonoma um, and Napa wine country they are freaking out about it. Like there's literally signs on everyone's yard because people want normal neighbors. They and they don't want just their house to become the soulless thing where just they have new people coming in for six weeks and, and leaving and then there's no accountability. Like, let's just say you gifted it to somebody, quote unquote gifted or you bartered it or traded. What if those people come in and make a mess? Um, the other seven owners, you don't get to vet who you're sharing the timeshare with. You don't get to vet who the other seven people who own the house are. So what if the other people are just obnoxious or they're jerks or they stop by when you're there? Oh, we forgot this, this, and this, or we're grabbing this off the wall. I mean, it is just a giant money grab. Um, The more research that you do, 
even NPR is calling them out and saying it is the most predatory company, um, and 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 no one no one wants it. So Picasso's already worth a billion dollars. Here, Mayor Adler jacked everyone's property taxes up by twenty five percent with Project Connect. Um, then, meanwhile. Austin becomes the number one hotspot. Real estate values double from three hundred thousand to six hundred thousand. Everyone gets a new property tax bill that's not only doubled from the previous valuation, but now it's increased by twenty five percent with Project Connect. I mean, and now he wants to do this Picasso thing. Like, keep in mind, this is an eminent domain lawyer who has uh, rough estimates at least three hundred million dollars of assets, if not five hundred million. And he owns properties up and down the new Project Connect line. I mean, there's going to be a huge station at Riverside and South Pleasant Valley. And Adler owns a couple apartments. So, gee, do you think he's upset that the price, you know, the, the cost of some of these other properties because of the crime and whatever is going to go down so he can gobble it up during the five years as the Project Connect station gets built up? I mean, this guy... The fact that there's not tremendous outrage, and that's what I was talking about. Like, I don't think there's anything I can do. I think Kirk Watson's going to be the next mayor of Austin. Uh, Got to give a couple of shout outs. Brad Swale has been crushing it, host of the Austin City Councilman podcast. The very first guest on the very first episode of the Teddy Roosevelt Show back on June 27th. Coming up on the two-month anniversary Um you know, I, he, he just interviewed Kirk Watson, I saw. I haven't got to listen to it, not pay attention to Austin stuff as much, but have been a little bit, still know about the Picasso, and I know uh, Brad had the guy from Stop Picasso Now on there. People, the more you read about this Picasso, the fact the mayor of Austin accepted a position on the board, the media is not covering it, and there's not tremendous outrage. It's, it's just despicable and disgusting, man. Uh, the fact that this is allowed. And he tries to pretend that he cares about affordable housing. So he is just a greedy bastard. Um, I got to give a shout out to Clinton Rary. Clinton, we're, we're going to... I know you and Christine are two of the biggest fans of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. Uh, Clinton, follow him online. Clinton, Clinton Rary, running for Austin City Council here in November, has been going out and showing people all the homeless camps in the green belts and in the parks and they moved them it's just whack-a-mole folks it's the same thing that's happening in portland and seattle where austin just got a tremendous amount of rain and all that trash and debris and filth human waste i mean he's finding human waste and syringes and garbage and just who knows, drug paraphernalia? I mean, what is the parts per million of human feces in Ladyburg Lake right now after they didn't have rain for 50 days and now there is just a huge rainstorm just washing all that toxic sludge into the creeks and into the lake? I mean, I think it was Clinton who just said a tweet like, these guys act like they care about the environment when everything they're doing is their policies are making the environment way worse. I mean, there's no way you can say you care about the environment and take a walk through Austin's parks like Roy G. Guerrero Park or Craig Field or any of the green belts and be like, oh yeah, this is a clean, environmentally friendly, safe. I mean, it is not safe at all. 
um, there's been all kinds of uh, reports too about the 911 calls. Um, people getting broken into jewelry stores, barbecue places, getting ripped off of brisket. And imagine these are the places that are getting ripped off, burglarized, stolen from three, four, or five times. So you can imagine how many people are just begging for some coverage. Um, and, and, and maybe they have to hit a threshold of three, four, or five uh, break-ins in order to do that. So what else? We got college football finally starting this weekend with week zero. Um, we've got September on the way. And it's just a gorgeous day out here. I cannot tell you, uh, I was going to say, hey, where has Teddy been the last 20 days? You know, um, people who read my very first Substack post knew um, how, how much pain I was in when my beloved dog Jasper died. Um, and for the last seven or eight years, I mean... He's a mini lab. He had to go for a, certainly 45 minutes of exercise every day, and then we do one, two, three, depending on the weather, uh, swimming in the lake, hiking in the forest, you name it. And, you know, looking back, and, you know, uh, I can just tell when th this is the first spring and summer, really, and it was just the heat in Austin. It was just 100 degrees every day. There's no rain. It was brown. And then, you know, I it, it was heartbreaking for me to hit the trails or whatever. And the, and the lakes are all low. So the reason why I adopted that dog back in Boulder, Colorado in January 2015 is because I was spending a lot of time outside, doing a lot of hiking, camping up in the Rockies, swimming and I would be like man I would Colorado is like heaven for a dog I could really use a dog and adopted that dog and we just spent a ton of time in nature like a tremendous amount of time in nature in a bunch of different states I mean we traveled over 20 states we climbed the Smoky Mountains Blue Ridge Mountains hiked the Appalachian Trail Swam in the Gulf of Mexico, swam in the Pacific Ocean, Cascade Mountains, Rocky Mountains, of course, and uh, Ozark Mountains. And um, just being in the concrete jungle of Austin and just feeling like empty inside um, without my dog and not going out in nature, I just realized, like, I didn't realize until I got up here how much I just missed. Um, the fresh mountain air, the how much I needed it, you know, and a lot of Americans are, are, are overdue. But, you know, to be able to sit on the roof and see the stars and uh, just take a break from my phone. You know, I really just wanted to reduce my screen time and it's not healthy. You know, I, I, I've been really just evaluating my relationship with technology and I just, you know, need to use it for communication and creativity um, more than um, social media, for sure. I already feel way more relaxed and healthy being off Twitter. Now, I still have jumped on Twitter. You know, it's sort of the finger on the pulse if you're there's sports going on or news just to see what the buzz is about. But it's not healthy for your brain to think in 240 character tweets it's way healthier to write longer posts. And, you know, if you're doing creative stuff, I try to bring a little 
humor and comedy, logic and perspective to the table. And it's been like two years nonstop, folks, that I was either working, you know, and I was working 40, 45 hours a week. And then in my spare time, like nights and weekends, I was doing Teddy stuff and researching it. I felt like it was my civic and patriotic duty. And there's a lot of people canceling tours or saying, hey, I'm burnout. I need a break. It, it is not healthy to hit 800 to 1,000 headlines. And I don't even, I shudder to think. That's probably a low estimate. But the number of negative headlines per day, just check in Google News or Citizen Free Press or Fox News or whatever. I was watching Tucker and I haven't been doing any of that. Um, I've been swimming in the river, fishing, um, applying for jobs, and really thinking about where I want to go and uh, uh, for the next 6 to 18 months because I really want to see stuff's changing with inflation um, and the crime situation. Do you think the crime situation is going to get better or worse? I mean, so many of these cities are having tremendous staffing crises. Uh, I feel lucky and blessed. I've lived in some of America's great cities when they were great. Uh, New York, San Francisco, Denver, Phoenix. I'm just not feeling the city life right now, folks. And I think I'm going to, you know, I've been applying for, and there's a ton of work from home stuff, obviously. But I'm looking for more of a place where I can get a yard and don't have to get stuck in traffic. And, you know, I, I, I've been to a ton of concerts, been to a lot of sporting events, um, been to a lot of great restaurants. Does going to an awesome restaurant and a football game really excite me right now in 2022? Not really. I'd rather learn skills, work on a book, and that that's the thing. I've been really thinking um, about, about uh, books that I want to write and what, what sort of direction I want to um, devote my, my free time to creatively. And again, just exercising, doing yoga, out in nature, smelling the, the mountain air. Um, it's just been totally reinvigorating, and it was way overdue. And I just wanted y'all to know that I just realized, like, I had, I think I would be in a way better spot if I would just would have realized, hey, the reason why you haven't been out in nature is because you miss your dog. And your dog literally took... 500, you know, your last however many, for seven straight years. Just imagine I was going on 100 hikes a year, for real. Rain, sleet, or snow, plus all the walks, like every day. Your dog's got to pee or poop every day, a couple times a day. So, it just was way overdue. So, I appreciated everyone's patience uh, over the last 20 days. 20-day break from a podcast, that's like a... two years in between albums, I think, so still pumping them out quite quicker than the Beastie Boys did. Um, Teddy Roosevelt again, episode 25, teddyroosevelt.substack.com, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, streaming platforms everywhere, check it out. I've got a, my calendar super packed for the rest of this week. I might take one more weekend um, to relax, and then I'm coming back out of civilization, folks. So we're going to get back to a regularly scheduled Teddy Roosevelt podcast schedule real soon, starting in September for sure. 
Hope you enjoyed episode 25, episode XXV. I'll be back maybe with another show before the weekend, certainly next week. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Adios.